Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 161, episode 2 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. Ooh, bubble in my in throat. The throat. Right yeah. off throat the top. Goat. Okay. <laughs> throat goat. Gross. Uh, that is what they call me, though. <laughs> this is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's Share Consciousness. It's Tuesday, November 24th, 2020. Uh, I've lost track of how many days until January 20th, 2021, but (laughs) it's it's (laughs) coming. It's coming, folks. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Mashed Potatoes O'Brien for Thanksgiving. Uh, and oh, I'm thrilled. <laughs> yes, just FYI. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Well, to keep up with that theme, I guess I'll, you can call me Miles of Gravy. And shout hey. out to, I believe, Paul Garaventa for that uh, exact uh, AKAs right there. Mine specifically, just to, for full disclosure, that was for Canadian Thanksgiving. Yes. That's the reason I okay. did it. And it was a month ago. I didn't shout that yeah, out. Yeah, you're a little so late, that's why but that's I'm all right. Yes. That's okay. Um, yeah, I think Paul did give that one to me as well. Uh, it's a great idea, Paul. I cannot write material like that myself. Uh, no. That's no. too complicated, you too saw timely, too perfect. How many recordings started late because Jack was masterminding an AKA that he just couldn't figure out? <laughs> Damn it, I just <laughs> need right. something yep. that rhymes with Jack. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious, the talented. He is Mr. Steve Hernandez. Yeah. Great to be back. How are you, fellas? Good. Good, yeah. good, good. Welcome, welcome. What's Jack, new? I haven't seen you in a while, Jack. Uh, how's your quarantine? Oh, uh, you know, it's uh, it, I'm tired for no reason. <laughs> well, you got those kids, man. Yeah. Yeah, I've been going to sleep when they go to sleep at like 7.30 and still tired. So, you know, I have an excuse to the outside world, but (laughs) really I'm just, you know, sleeping entirely too much. Now, Um, the rest of us put on weight. I'm sure you've you've gotten more defined abs. That's the vibe I'm getting (laughs) from you, Jack, you piece of shit. Nope. Uh, I am the highest I've ever been. Uh, Jack, if I find out you're intermittent fasting... During the quarantine, oh, I'm gonna I be tried. so mad. I tried. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy's doing like hit workouts, then taking ice baths. I see him. <laughs> he has a whole Instagram where he doesn't follow any of us that I came across, where he's just posting stories, putting in yeah. work. Ice baths. I actually yeah. found that uh, lifting while in an ice bath is the best way to just kind of keep massive it massive gains, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Massive the Rocky Four workout. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Call these shits capital gains, bro. Capital G. (laughs) Nah, I feel uh, bad all around. Good. I mean, good that we're all on the same page as all. Yeah, 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 yeah. How about you? How how have you been? What do you mean? Uh, everything's great. I don't know if you guys saw I got engaged. Yeah. Woo! Congrats, man. Yeah. To thank tell you. you. Person. Yes. Congratulations. Very excited. Man. It couldn't have happened without the quarantine. Uh, <laughs> it just, you know, you just spend so much time with the person and like yeah. you're thinking about the future. And I, we're like mapping it out like, OK, worst case scenario, like we could live with your folks or we could live with my older brother. You just start planning like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, if I end up having to live with their parents, I got to be your husband at the, at least. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. That's what I <laughs> right. 
You won't be able to survive. Otherwise. You don't want to just be Steve. <laughs> you know, I, she's, a, Steve? she's a real top shelf white woman. So when she gets the inheritance, <laughs> I want my legal share of that. You know, oh, yeah, right. you got to lock that in now. Uh, go to fabric.com to get your will for free now. <laughs> and I hope you do include that in your personalized vows as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, got to right. lock in my share. Got to lock it in. I mean, yeah, it was a uh, congrats, man. I honestly, it's, it was inter- ever since you've been on the show, like it's been an evolution about talking about you and your relationships and things like that. So it's nice to see it, you know, like the last couple of times you've been like, you know, like, I don't, I don't know what's stopping me really. Like, <laughs> it's not like I don't like, I don't love this person and I don't want to be with them forever. It's just and now it, it's, it, you know, you've gone to that, I guess the formalities of it, but. Does it well, feel you know, any different or is it just purely for like to it, it sort feels of an outward so, formality? I'm telling you, it feels so good. But you know, it's something that happened. I'm non-monogamous. She isn't. She can if she wants to, but mm-hmm. that's just not a thing. But I dated someone that went kind of halfway through the quarantine too. And I was able to see how that how we dealt with that as a couple. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, the communication was great. Everything was just went well. And so I was like, Okay, what the fuck am I doing now? And also, I truly believe this, too. I know it sounds like a joke, but a man, if you could have a wife and a girlfriend, you can't have two girlfriends. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, I've, I've got to make this official. I've got to be a respectable person. And now because of the quarantine and everything and because she didn't pressure me or and it evolved, it happened so slow. We've been together almost six years. Yeah. I right now, once I made the decision in my mind and I was like, start looking for rings. Now I'm like, I absolutely cannot wait to be married to her. I'm so excited for it. And I didn't think I would ever feel this way again. So I'm very excited. I'm very oh, stoked. Man. Even on the idea of marriage, I'm like super stoked. I, I've married a, I've married a lot of people in my past because I used to be a minister. Right. And uh, I I like I got to a point after my my divorce where I was like, I don't know how much I believe in this thing. But even now, just in the past couple of months, I've been like, I fucking love marriage, man. I can't wait to do this. I'm ready for if, if anybody, if, they, if there's any Zeit gang out there that wants me to marry them, just give me a call. I'll hop on the first plane. Co- COVID be damn. damn. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. That big minister energy right there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, congrats, man. That's Thank amazing. you. That's uh, when we usually ask people up top, like what they've been up to, the the response is usually not as productive and uh, life affirming <laughs> as that. So uh, love to hear it, man. Love to hear it. All right. We're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about. Woo! We're going to talk about Sydney <laughs> Powell, baby. Um, yeah. I mean, we talked about her on yesterday's episode, uh, which was recorded before uh, the Trump administration decided to throw her under the bus slash distance themselves from her. Um, she is the lawyer who uh, has been just throwing out wild QAnon conspiracy theories. Yeah. She um, is J-Lo to their Mariah Carey. That's right. They do you not know. know her. I don't know her. We will talk about more evidence that masks work. Uh, I think I had referenced the fact that there were like some studies. I think they were actually out of Europe that were saying like maybe masks don't work, but uh, they do. They work. There's there's more data backing that shit up. Um, we're gonna talk about uh, the either sophisticated voter suppression or sad infighting that's happening in the Republican Party uh, in Georgia. We're gonna talk about Amazon spying on labor. We'll talk about the Rockefeller Christmas tree, uh, which we had called very sad looking. Uh, all of that, plenty more. Uh, but first, Steve, we like to ask our guests, what's something from your search history? 
Um, this is a little crazy, but I looked up, I, I tweeted this late last night, the, the mega church that I used to work at, that I grew up with this, I guess this has happened in the past couple of years. I just wasn't paying attention, but the senior pastor who is brilliant, who's a brilliant preacher and stuff like that, uh, kind of stepped aside. So his son that I grew up with could take over. Mm, wow. And, uh, his son is one of the worst preachers I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I knew oh, he was I bad. I knew he was bad 20 years ago. He's a year older than me. I grew up with this guy and the the, um, so the same draft class, basically. In yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah. I know this guy. I know his ex-wife now. And then his my first girlfriend was the sister, his sister, too. I know this family so well. But uh, I found out that and I started watching his clips on YouTube. And um, <laughs> you guys, I tweeted it. But I'm like, for real, going to tag you guys in a clip uh, because it's the worst preacher I've ever seen in my life. It makes zero sense. If you know preaching, <laughs> you can tell you all the reasons. I can tell you all the reasons about why it's bad, too. Uh, but if you know preaching, it's even worse. But any layman could look at it and say, this guy's out of control. And I, what I actually, I, the search history was, I looked up his new wife, and I found out that she's a member of this weird other mega church family from back east called the Muncies. So this is Faith Community Church. I looked into this, too, also. I posted this clip on Twitter, and it's kind of blowing up. And I guess this church that bought their property in West Covina for $4 million about 25 million years ago is selling it now for 30 million. And I don't know what they're going to do with that money. So mm. I'm like the combination of looking into his preaching and me knowing this family and knowing like the kind of shady ways they're doing. I'm they pretty sure yeah. I'm going to do like a limited series podcast on it and <laughs> because i know this family right. and they're going to try to run away with this 30 million and um, all i have to do is post pictures of this guy's preaching and you'll understand what a fucking joke this is and um, this is in west covina yeah. this is in la county so i don't want you know people think of mega churches as happening in the south and shit this is a half an hour from us guys so i want to Shout Look out West it. Covina, you know, shout out to Ikea, West Covina, <laughs> shout out Eric, Great the Ikea. dude who used to hook me up with quarter pounds of Kush out in West Covina, <laughs> great town, great town. The, so I looked um, up this guy's wife, and so, yeah, that's that was my last internet search. I'm Yo. looking at your Twitter page right now, because I was like, because uh, I grew up in churches going to, you know, K through 12th grade, it was either Lutheran or Catholic school, so I'm a, I've been around the word of Christ, and <laughs> looking at this clip, I have, I'm have i just watching it on mute and hearing you, I'm like, oh yeah, this dude is full of shit, but I just, just to indulge us, I'm just going to play a bit of a soundbite of it just so we can get an idea. I, I just love the way it captures it here. Verse 1 says, the Lord is. How do you start? This is how it starts. The Lord is. We talk with people, and people, we start our sentences with, the world is. The world is falling apart. You talk with some people, and you're like, well, the government. The government is. You talk with okay, I have to stop there, because I'm not. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That is that's failing to, to connect it. on the most I, basic I, level. I got to keep watching. I just don't want to put people through the yeah. slog yeah, yeah, yeah. of watching I, I, B-grade pastors. Shout out pastors. to nepotism, y'all. Nepotism yeah, yeah. I, is I the great. I don't want to. Um, yeah, I, I was going to actually play the clip. I had the idea to have it and bring it. But you have to watch it. I don't want to put anyone through that. I'm so <laughs> mad because his dad really is brilliant. He made mm, me fall in yeah. love with the Bible and the word of God. And the fact that he just passed it on to this piece of shit, who's a he's a legit bad person, and wow. he, he hasn't so read much his older Bible. than you. He like yeah, he hasn't read his Bible. I know the Bible, and I know his dad's preaching. And I've I've been watching hours of this guy's preaching, guys. It's available on YouTube. Dan Reeve, Faith Community Church. 
and uh, go check it out. And I know his dad's preaching, and he's basically ripped off a ton of his dad's preaching too. So I'm like, oh, I'm, wow. I'm pissed. He's like, uh, let me just let me just freestyle off the top, y'all. Something I was writing for my sermon. How about this? Uh, love is patient. Uh, love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. Wait, you said what? This is Corinthian. Get the fuck out of my face. Uh, oh my god. America, American nepotism is mm-hmm. I feel just so. So they're about to come up on thirty million. Yes, and it's you know churches are nonprofits. I right. know this church. I'm telling you. I haven't been this excited for a project because I've I've people started messaging me that used to go to the church. A lot of former pastors, they've they've always come to me because I used to work here and they've been messaging me things and I don't like, know what they're, you, bro. It's a nonprofit, so they right. can't steal the money. But I know what that family does a lot of times is they hire every member of the family, and because it's a church, it's tax free. So everyone you, gets like a hundred grand to do a different job, or you do a mm. different bunch of different jobs. Uh, I know his dad, this is a West Covina church. They started 40 years ago. The dad lives in Newport Beach, and they used to just come into West Covina and preach oh, and go back to Newport Beach. Some some Devin Nunes shit. Oh, Not yeah. Even and from here, bro. Tons of, <laughs> they started doing ton, getting tons of plastic surgery. It's a whole thing. I know. I mean, I, the reason why I'm so hype about it is just I'm so mad they gave it to Dan. Yeah, like, I was going right. to let it go. And this $30 million seems so fishy to me. They're going to break apart the mega church, and they said they're going to start a bunch of smaller churches, but I just don't see them doing yeah, it. So I, I want to look energy. into it. I love this energy. It's like, <laughs> it's the kind of, it reminds me of when I used to be on Facebook, and I would see some <laughs> shit about somebody like I kind of halfway fucked with, but then you see some up to you like, this motherfucker got <laughs> Are you fucking? Let me, and then I would be like, hold on, come here, sir. Let me tell you about this person right here on my laptop. And they're like, I don't know them. I'm like, yeah, but wait till I tell you about that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, fuck that guy. Steve, what's something you think is overrated? Um, you know, because I just said that I do think re- I think weddings are overrated. Uh, okay. I know that's something that we say, but I think one of the great <laughs> things about quarantine is that it's really allowed us to step back and be like, wait a minute, though. Am I going to continue to participate this now, Jack? You're practically a fucking Kennedy. I'm sure you had a two hundred thousand dollar affair. You know, everybody oh, thousand person yeah, wedding, yeah. a plate, a plate, yeah, <laughs> at some at some indoor stadium. You know, yeah. twenty groomsmen. Well, Wembley yeah. isn't indoor. Super dope. Yeah, <laughs> we want to. I want to get married so quick. I want to get married in twenty twenty because. Because of the Lakers and because of the Dodgers and because of this bullshit year. I just oh, think it's shit. I want to get married <laughs> like to be like, oh, yeah, that crazy fucking bullshit year. Yeah. yeah. I also got married in that year. Yeah. Um, Easy to remember. And, yeah. <laughs> and we were looking at New Year's Eve. And at first we had and this is very minimal. Uh, the, at first we had because we're both from here. We had 57 people. And this was like three weeks ago. And I was like, it just feels like too many people like even that like. Health-wise, because of COVID, we just can't do it. We got it down to 28 people, which is basically all of our podcast co-hosts and our immediate family. <laughs> I mean, I got three podcasts, so that's a lot of people. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a family <laughs> union right there. But even at that 28 people, you know, at looking at this week, we just were like five days ago. I was, We had talked to a caterer. We had a little place. Uh, her friend has a beautiful backyard and we were going to use and but get it catered still. It was going to be nice. And then I was just like, we can't, we, this, the whole city is going to be fucking shut down by the, by New Year's Eve. We're idiots if we do this. So I think we're just going to end up going to Vegas. But I saw yesterday, I went to, have you guys gone to a Zoom wedding yet? Uh, no. 
I've been I've been in the room and I was like, oh, that's what y'all doing? No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I saw a Zoom wedding yesterday. Uh, Henry Phillips, a very funny comedian, and our friend Deborah Edda Robinson, and they were at a like cliff or something, and it was about a 20 minute ceremony. And they were they're both such funny, had so much heart. But I watched that wedding and I got choked up, and it was beautiful. And then we just fucking closed the computer. And I was right. like, I was like, that was fucking cool. And I'm sure everybody's stoked about it. So I do think now with me, that said, I do think weddings are overrated with $50,000, all that kind of thing. When we do have a big a wedding, we are going to make it a party. I think we might just her and I just might go to Vegas uh, this like in a month or something and then have a big party. But I'd rather drop. I have no problem dropping 10 grand on a big ass party for my friends rather than the 50,000 that comes with all the pop pomp and circumstances and the wedding industrial yeah. I- industry will just grab as much out of you as you can because you do love this person and you want to make it special. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause you don't want to do a wedding where you have to do drugs in the bathroom <laughs> right. wedding. No, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> My wedding. Do drugs wherever we want. <laughs> do them right uh, here wh- <laughs> at the fucking table of honor. <laughs> what is uh? What's something you think is underrated, Steve? Uh, I love this. I don't know. Have you guys have Dave? Have you guys had Dave's Killer Bread? Yeah, yeah. No. I love Dave's Killer Bread, and I don't hear enough people talking what? about it. I see huh? they're start they're starting to put up billboards and stuff. So I I think they're doing well. But you know, as a fat person, I try to avoid bread at all costs. Uh, even though I, I stay the same amount of fat no matter what I do, but I, I, I try to avoid it. But this is the one bread I've I've found that is still delicious. Uh, that that is all organic and whole grain and still is soft. It's not not like that Ezekiel shit where it really does oh. feel like you're in Bible times, like it's yeah. barely bread. Um, yeah. But also, Dave's has a really cool story. It started in 2005, and uh, Dave got out of prison. He started making this bread. And they're a second chance company, so they hire people who've gotten out of prison, too. So it's a delicious loaf of bread. Great for a, a breakfast sandwich and a regular sandwich. You, it's They're big now. You can buy them at Vons and Ralph's, uh, not Trader Joe's. But if you got it, when you go make your way to your regular grocery store, you can pick it up for four or five bucks. And it's delicious bread you don't have to feel bad about. And you're giving to a relatively small company that helps out ex-con. So I love Dave's Killer Bread. Oh, we've damn. yeah, we've developed like a brand loyalty to that. And it's not like it was just because it's so much better than the other, like, you know. Wait, to n- Dave? It's so funny because the second he mentioned it, Jack, you were like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Dave's now that I bread, look at man. the packaging, I would see it and I'm like, yo, that's that bread looked too intense for me. I'm like a <laughs> I'm like a Kroger, just straight white bread kind of person, but I like this. Oh, it's at Kroger. You get it at Ralph's. It's, I mean, I know, but it's the pa- I was put off by the, the man packaging. hitting a guitar solo on the <laughs> sleeve for yeah. the bread loaf. And no, there's like, nothing about me? it. There's nothing about the packaging or like, I don't know. Like, I didn't really know the backstory. So like, just being like killer bread, man, did not like, <laughs> like super yeah. appeal to me. Yeah, oh, man. Like, I, yeah, I thought it was like a Southern it. California bullshit thing when I first right, right. saw the the packaging. But the the product is good. And uh, equally Ezekiel bread, which you mentioned is like, that's punishment. My wife and I like got mad at Ezekiel bread. We were like, <laughs> well, you gotta get this. Dave's is out. Cause like Dave's is one of those products at Ralph's that will sell out like that. You can just tell it's like much oh, better than everything else because like it'll be a full shelf and then Dave's is just gone. 
Dave's killer I, bread is gone. I feel so ignorant. I'm, my my bread <laughs> ignorance is just insufferable. Yeah. You love it. Although now that I'm talking about, I said he was an ex-con and everything. What if he? What if he was a murderer? What if that's why they call it? Well, that? that's that's actually. I was just trying to look that up. I was like, yeah, wait a second. Did this dude? Is that like the play oh, on no. words? Uh, I mean, it's really Dave's manslaughter bread, but yeah, it uh, didn't work out. Dave's T.Y. <laughs> Dave, Dave's just frankly gross and negligence bread. Uh, he uh, all right. So good news. Uh, he. Co-founded Dave's in 2005. <laughs> uh, prior to that, he had served a total of over 15 years in prison for multiple offenses, including drug distribution, burglary, armed robbery, and assault. No murder. So we good. Okay. All so right. just pistol whipping people. Uh, yeah, yeah. Home invasion. All right. Yeah, yeah. So all good. Look, uh, I did it for the Molly, y'all. Wasn't uh, yeah, yeah. not a violent guy. Just like yeah. those checks. <laughs> all right. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. So Sydney Powell kind of caught my eye right after the election. She <laughs> was just, eye? she's caught my eye. <laughs> she has a very specific look that this morning I was like trying to nail it down. I think it's like partially she looks like one of the neighbors from Rosemary's Baby that's at like the oh, satanic baby stealing party at the end. That's good. Like yeah. she really has wow. that like kind of soulless like a little bit off uh, white lady vibe about her. I, I talked about on uh, Monday's episode how, in addition to like being at the center of this, you know, uh, attempt by the Trump administration to undermine democracy and probably will succeed in many ways at undermining future uh, elections, uh, she also defended Enron executives, which was like they were basically deconstructing the idea of money. So, uh, she's just always there to try to sow uh, TNT in the ground uh, in the foundations of of uh, our our society, and she's a Q supporter and yeah. got shit on by famous left wing muckraker Tucker Carlson. Um, <laughs> it's so, bad. It's all weird, man. Yeah, she, very she really, strange. She had that full on like thing of like you know screaming. Uh, anti-reality takes on Fox News to get the president's attention and that's sort of like how she sort of came into orbit especially with like all the Mueller stuff investigations anything like she's just been a you know willing participant to just say absolute fucking nonsense and yeah this evolution since like the weird my cousin Vinny press conference where Rudy did like his impression of fucking Zorg from Fifth Element when he started <laughs> bleeding black out his head like for no reason that was sort of like the clock started ticking there and the whole like since Rudy came on and just to uh you know I know up top we talked about how the Trump campaign is already distancing themselves from Sidney Powell if you just look at his tweets from um, I think November 14th Trump is like here's the team it's Victoria Tensing, Joe DeGeneva, Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell. Like, Bang. Like absolutely saying that's the Squad. team right there. That's the fucking squizzy. And now the the legal arguments are completely like unraveling. And Rudy, like, you know, right before he gave that just, you know, release the Kraken press conference, if you act like the words of the judge that he was just speaking to. You would be like, I can't believe these people just went out there and acted like they're so confident. The judge that Rudy was trying to, you know, the, the, we talked about how the case evolved. Like first they were saying like, 
they were put, they had all this, uh, their complaint was about like the poll watchers aren't there and, and, and we're not like, this is, this is unfair. The judge was like, you technically, you don't have legal standing as a candidate to force, like to get election law enforced through the court like this. Like it doesn't work. Like, fine, we'll take that part out. And then it becomes like this other case. But then uh, Rudy, because of the optics of the case, like he needs that in to be part of the legal complaint so they can say like, technically that's what we're arguing in court. So he went back and he's like, I'd like to amend it again. And the judge is sort of like, Bro, that's not how any of this works. If you were in court, you know you get like oh, like one shot at this, and then you ha- there's a lot of approvals that have to be made to amend your complaint. So this judge says to just straight to Rudy after all this just nonsense he was saying, quote, one might expect that when seeking such a startling outcome, a plaintiff would come formidably armed with compelling legal arguments and factual proof of rampant corruption, such that this court would have no option but to regrettably grant the proposed injunctive relief despite the impact it would have on such a large group of citizens. That has not happened. Instead, this court has been presented with strained legal arguments without merit and speculative accusations, unpled in the operative complaint, and unsupported by evidence. In the United States of America, this cannot justify the disenfranchisement of a single voter, let alone all the voters of its sixth most populated state. So they went in there. The judge basically, yo, yo, get the fuck out of here. Like, you know, it's clear there's no room for for any of this. What you're doing is an absolute waste of time. And they yet they go out and they cry. Oh, wait till you see this. They don't even know what's coming. So as that happens, they take just this terrible legal loss they're now at a point where you know uh they're saying that they're this was all part of the plan so they can go to the supreme court but yeah as it stands the way these cases are working that isn't going to happen and also their argument has not improved to the point that the supreme court is suddenly going to see something different and be like oh yes we're going to overturn all of that so it's a very strange thing where you have People who are fucking around in a courtroom, then tweeting to their ignorant base who know nothing about like the legal process in this country. And just because they do all caps and hashtags and like emojis are like, oh, shit, that's a win because they said patriots and used an exclamation point being like, we just lost in court patriots. And people are like retweeting it like, yes, the plan is coming together. Right. So do you know what kind of a lunatic you need to be for Trump to kick you off his team at this point? Yeah. I don't it, it's I mean, the, the the thing that got him over the edge was that on Sunday, Sidney Powell went on Newsmax mm-hmm. and I'm just going to play like a couple seconds where she she touched. She said almost everything that there's, a million, <laughs> there's billions of votes for Trump uh, magnets. How do those work? Uh, how do we know Dominion voting machines didn't like get Brian Kemp like he was paid off by Dominion? Like she went after Brian Kemp. And then brings in like VPN networks and Venezuelans. I'm just going to play this. And we also have evidence that there were any number of VPN lines open to the Internet for foreign actors to be meddling in it. Has anybody given you an explanation that that as to why they had to turn the machines off? You talk about how the machines no, got turned well, off yes, and then our, it was about our, dumped. Our, key, our, our witness from Venezuela who saw it all created and how it worked said that he knew as soon as the machines were turned off in those key straits, it was because we, the people, in voting Trump, in voting for Trump in a landslide election, had essentially broken the algorithm that had been pre-programmed into the machine. 
So they had to stop counting in those states. I don't even know. She's, so uh, they Venezuelan. voted so hard that it broke the algorithm? <laughs> they broke the internet. It was like Kim Kardashian's uh, a magazine cover with the champagne bottle of that like racist caricature. That was the tail end of a six and a half minute rant of then like being like, well, what about Kelly Leffler? Like, what's she doing? It's like she's mm-hmm. a Republican Senate can't whatever. OK, uh, do that. And yeah, th- that sort of began the beginning, the countdown clock where suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, we don't know her. Um, and I think because, too, this also signaled a lot of like Republicans starting to like be a little less enthusiastic about being like, oh, he won, man. We got to count all the like first it was like count all the votes. And now some people are like being really cryptic. John Cornyn is like, I think the result is becoming clear. And they're like, well, what do you mean? And he's like that there were wanting for evidence. So <laughs> this is like, yeah, these are the kinds of looks even like on, you know, right wing Twitter and I'm looking on like the different like subreddits and things like that. People are starting to get pissed because even objectively, like they were literally promised, they've been promised a ton of shit in this presidency, this administration. And with this election, they're like, oh, wait till we hit them with the fucking knockout punch of evidence. And people were like, yeah, oh, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. This shit never came. And now everyone's like, what the fuck? This is, this is actually not, I can't even go to work and be like, oh, y'all see that press conference where fucking Rudy bled black out his head and Sidney Powell said something about VPNs in Venezuela. He burns everyone who puts faith in him, like on a personal level, like on a one-to-one level. And I I feel like that's what's happening here as well is just, you know, he's a scam artist. His whole career is like a giant, like charisma, money, PR, Ponzi scheme. And like, this is just the final, you know, it's, it's just coming out in the wash. Like the, this right. dude is completely corrupt. And these people have put more faith in him than, I I don't know, any politician has had people just be like, nah, fuck it. I'll I'll die for this man. It doesn't matter what reality says. Or it's like, fuck it. I got a bone to pick with the world at large. And I will just use this opportunity to just completely ignore everything I'm seeing and just go full throttle into like my own ego. Yeah. Oh, but- oh, yeah. It reminds me of like, I think all of his followers and everything, too. It reminds me. I've, you know, I used to swing and I've been to some big swinging parties. But if you've ever been in there in a big group sex thing and you're just having all this sex and then so the, that someone turns on the lights, it, it gets really scary really fast. Uh, <laughs> but, but, the vibe? but you're also uh, just very, I think these people have been caught up in the drama like this is a play. And then right. they're, they're going to, it's going to take some months. For to them to kind of snap out it and realize however they've been being is not okay anymore. And hopefully, I mean, I pray that they'll start to kind of calm down some. That's what's yeah. really interesting. I feel like we know what has happened here with this election. We know that like they're not going to succeed in uh, you know, overturning the results of the election. And now like the drama that remains is like what happens to those people who were willing to die to like buy into that version of reality that doesn't actually exist. Like what, how do they deal with the fact that this isn't going to go their way? Um, right. Cause it could go a lot of different ways. I mean, I mean, you know, people thought wrestling was real. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, some people like did dealt with it. Okay. Others didn't. I don't know. It's, it, I mean, because these people aren't interested in actual politics. Like, that's what I think that's also what it revealed is that there's a group of people who like policy or are interested in how policy affects people's day to day lives. 
And then there are people who are like, use whiteness as a cudgel to just bash the weak. And then right. that's what they're invested in. It's not like that they have a, a, a fucking slight brain for policy at any level. It's like, no, nah, nah, I'm not responding to any of that. Because if I did, I would be absolutely like, none of this makes sense. I'm here for this other show, the cruelty show. Well, right. he's also too, you know, as, as much as I, I just, you know, he's also like paints the world in such a good and evil way uh, yeah. where I think the very uh, dumb people are, are, you know, like, you know, evangelical Christians. My mom, I found out the week of, I found out she was voting for Trump. And mm. I found out through a Facebook, uh, like a Facebook live story. She was at like some kind of little rally. And uh, she sounded so sad in the video. I didn't even give her a harder time about it because it was in California too. So who cares? But she was just like, that's right. You guessed it. I'm voting for Trump. <laughs> and uh, I know she, I know she, why she's doing it is she thinks that like, she believes him holding up the Bible and stuff. I don't like right. to say that my mom's dumb, but my mom is dumb about this kind of stuff. There's a lot yeah. of people where he actually believes, he says he believes in God when the, he enough. lets people pray for him. That kind of stuff for people who believe in this stuff is like, Biden's not praying, letting anyone pray for him. Not that he should either. I don't believe in this shit. But right. uh, the, my mom sees that stuff. And he she sent me a message that was, she's always sending me messages that, I think she might. I don't think. I hope she's not Q, but it's always like kind of shady, sh weird shit Q like drops that. from your mom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And she's like told me, she's like, Steve, I will tell you this, though. He had a he had an aunt who was a strong believer. So they my mom really <laughs> does. Yeah. I mean, she really said right. that to me on the phone. Right. So she thinks that he's an imperfect vessel, but he does believe in God. And the, so there is a large portion of people who are a regular racist. There are people who don't know they're racist, but um, you know, the way the uh, institutionalized racism has worked for them so well mm -hmm. that they're like, I so don't know. Normal. I like the way things are. So they wouldn't understand that they're racist in the traditional sense. And there's a lot of dumb people who just believe that the world is about good and evil. God. I mean, this God shit is truly driving a lot of them crazy. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. that's on God. <laughs> <laughs> and that's on God. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 they are even ripping each other apart. You know, like you were saying, Jack, like they're saying Tucker Carlson is a pedophile now. Yeah. Because he asked for evidence because even for him, right, he's willing to fucking cast aspersions over fucking end, like whatever. He's willing to do anything. But even for him, he knows like he can't go to like a to debate someone of like with an intelligence level that he feels is on his level and be like, Hey man, I ain't got shit. Like you're not winning a debate like that. It's just like, please give me, I need the goods so I can actually be out here and tell these people to eat shit. And because they can't produce it. Now they're like saying, Oh, you want evidence? Oh, what are you? One of these fucking communists. And yeah. it's happening so rapidly. And I think it's an indicator of like what this, you know, what stage of, you know, loss they're in. Because I think we're past bargaining because they've tried to stop the count or do these other things. Um, I think we're going to move into the sadness section because I don't know. Because like, now they're being like, well, we don't need Tucker. Um, and they're also going after Kelly Leffler and David Perdue, like I was uh, mentioning, even with Sidney Powell. These are people who are running for Senate in a runoff. That could potentially, uh, you know, it will, depending on how these races go, it will, it will, it will determine which party controls the Senate and essentially all of the legislative business going into this next administration. And you have a lot of conservatives saying, this is one from this guy, Lincoln Wood, 
at Lynn Wood, who's like a you know one of these conservative like Trumper lawyers who's out there all the time. He's out here saying, let's speak truth about Senator Leffler and Senator David Perdue. Why are they doing little or nothing to support efforts by Georgia citizens to address unlawful election and need for uh, Governor Kemp to order a special session of legislature? If not fixed, I will not vote in the runoff. Will you? And this has become a thing of saying these people like turned their back on Trump and didn't go full on coup during this election that now they're bad and we have to essentially teach them a lesson by sitting out. Now, my th- whole thing is I see a lot of it being talked about, but there's also like it also feels like elaborate voter suppression to try and pull off this win in Georgia, because if the optics are that the Republicans are completely divided, they're melting down, uh, it makes it much easier for you to be like, oh, OK, they're fucked up. If enough Democrats come out, then maybe the the, the election is settled. But I don't know, like it, it I, you look at how Republicans vote, they vote much more consistently than Democrats do, especially in these like little runoffs and special elections. So I just want to say when when looking at that, I'm trying to look at both, you know, realities at the same time, too, because I just there there was a there was a version of me that was reading these stories and be like, yes, <laughs> go on, <laughs> fall the fuck apart. And yeah. part of me also being like, you know, I I, I don't put it past them to also say this stuff out loud, but also be like, no, low key, like we're not fucking stupid. If we lose the Senate, then it's a fucking rap. So they are they're basically saying because these two senators will not overturn the yeah. popular vote for president in their state in Georgia, then Republicans shouldn't vote for them in the runoff. That's because the up. Republicans aren't backing Trump. None of and, these people are backing Trump. It's become like we're actually seeing that part where we always said They've already been out of control with the base, but to that point where now they're like, you know, they're like, oh, we'll third party this shit. And you're like, right. they got to it before progressives did. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just back to I, I think we're seeing a trend of Trump, you know, and we're seeing this in the transition and how he interacts with his base and his supporters and now how he interacts with the Republican Party. It's all just, you know, burning shit down on the way out. Uh, yeah. That's just kind of how he operates always. All right, let's talk. Let's talk pandemic real quick because uh, where we are uh, over last weekend, Ugh, the, saw the worst numbers uh, in the history of California, and this is happening at the same time that I just feel like there's a lot of lockdown fatigue. There's a lot of mm-hmm. uh, people just out. <laughs> just i mean that in los angeles they're wearing masks uh but they're out there and about. even sometimes not man i was reading like people who are like going against this curfew where it's like at 10 p.m a lot of places are supposed to close and like the anic like the quotes from people in the street like oh what covid takes a break from 10 p.m to 6 a.m get out of here it's nonsense right like what does it matter oh you're and, gonna tell me covid already has a vaccine but cancer doesn't nice try bro okay no, and then, you know, the fatigue things, real. I see it in my own personal life, you know, with friends, family, like it's it's a very real thing. And I, I think I just want to keep bringing these stories up because if, you know, if you don't, you don't want to try and mix your households right now. It's just things are so fraught and tense. And um, if you need if you need to come back at somebody uh, who's using all kinds of arguments about why it doesn't matter or whatever, who gives a shit about masks. There, there's just more and more evidence, like even in the easiest way to describe to somebody, like not just being like, well, the particles, da, 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 just to, it's very simple. 
<laughs> they looked at it like this in Kansas, right? The CDC and the Kansas Department of Health, they did a study, right? When the state said, we want to do a mask requirement, but it's not, you know, counties can opt out. 81 counties opted out of the mask mandate. The other 24 counties, which were like the accounted for like a huge part of the state's population, they said, you know what, we're, we're going to go with the mandate that says you have to wear a mask in public. They looked at the sort of infection trends and things like that. And it's it showed that the counties that required masks that obviously they had higher rates just because of the population. But in terms of the mask usage over that two month period, they brought the growth of cases under control and even reduced them. The places that didn't require masks saw their cases rise. And then even on average, the counties that required masks saw a six percent reduction in cases. That's 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 a reduction. That's verifiable. Uh, the counties that opted out of the ma the mask mandate saw a 100 percent increase. Um, now, so, I'm no math expert, but <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> OK, so let's talk about percentages, man. How did that work? Percentage of what? Yeah. That's the thing I always hear is like, well, percentage of what? And I'm like, what are you even asking? <laughs> like, that's not a, that's not a that's not a rebuttal to a fact I just gave. I'm telling you what that percentage is. But it's just so weird because without throughout all this mask or safety or social distancing stuff, you see people bend their fucking minds in knots to suddenly be like an armchair physicist or expert in airflow and like particle movement and like epidemiology. And use like very sci like pseudoscientific reasonings to be like, um, actually masks don't work. But then rather, but they can't even go to the simple step of just saying like putting something over fucking mouth and face will act as a barrier. Like even yeah. if I'm talking right now, there's a difference there rather than being like, let me try and think about how this mask makes it worse for someone. Like there, it's, it's a lot of work. So, you know, it's, it's real simple. Masks help. Uh, anybody who's trying to say counter, it's not just for it's and it's not just for the other people. It will also protect you. The CDC also came out and be like, oh no, no, it also has a benefit to the wearer as well. So please, as we go you into know, this, know, week, it, it keep is, reminding like, people. Everybody who's listening to this is going to wear a fucking mask, though, right? I you would <laughs> <Yeah>. think so. <laughs> I don't know. Dude. There could be some cool people, some uh, <laughs> left no, curious just, listeners who are like, what are they talking about over there? Huh? They're not just talking about enslaving like, conservatives. Uh, obsession. So. America's obsession with individualism. I just, you know, all this Trump shit, it's all like they don't people just don't like to be told what to do. And that's like the American way. And I really do feel like are like the the roosters of are the chickens have come home to roost that there is just a segment of our population because our country is founded on this bullshit. That is like they're just not going to listen to anything to them. The highest value is you cannot tell me what to do. That's right. a terrible way to live. But it's also what our country is based on. And uh, I think we're just going to be kind of fucked for a while. Uh, you know, the, the our dream is that we went in Georgia and that they let us shut down for a few months and they pay everybody. But I, I don't know if we, even Orange County, I don't even know if the people would listen at that point. I mean, if you, uh, yeah, well, people would be like, thanks for my check. Now I'm a party with it in public. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I know. What I, I know a lot of people in the suburbs um, in Covina, West Covina, in Corona, and the people in the suburbs, as seriously as we're taking it or not taking it here in the city, in L.A. proper, those people just, it does not matter to them. I'm like following them on Instagram. They have barely changed the way they have lived completely because because the disease is just not killing enough people. It's very yeah, deadly. 
but it's a lot of people don't know anyone who's been seriously hurt or or killed by it and so people you know they only see what's in front of their face it's just not enough for them so i actually this one's on god too we could have used a little (laughs) deadlier father god what the fuck we could have used it a little deadlier I was hoping for that hand of Darwin to come on down. <laughs> Coming for to carry me home. I mean, the things that they love, I, I, you know, it's, I'm not mad at anyone. I actually love my family. I, I am sad oh, that I'm not going to see my family on Thanksgiving. But yeah. I'm also like, who gives a shit? It's one <laughs> year. We'll be back next year. It's fine. Right. So when you see like people mourning on Twitter, like, you know, some people think it doesn't matter. or They say this, but it ma- means so much to me. I'm like. Man, we're just such like basic animals that some people's brains are just wired ways where they think some things are just so important and Thanksgiving not is oxygen. Disneyland yeah. is oxygen. Yeah, I mean it's you it's exactly I mean? that. It's this like fairy tale thing where they're not able and I'm not saying that it's you know, we've built our lives around some of these fairy tales and some of the things that we value. So I'm not saying like it's the easiest thing, but for them to accept these realities, just like Trump stuff, it's like it kind of could destroy the way a person has set up their life. You know, if you work so hard to get things like Thanksgiving and Christmas, you like Mm -hmm. bust your ass to do all these things. And then you take these things away. This is like a fundamental building block in some people's mind. I don't think that's correct for them to be that way, but I know that a lot of year is based on that being and Christmas, Thanksgiving and Christmas, you know, vacation. Yeah. Yeah, Those two weeks of Hawaii. I do everything for those two weeks. Right. I just had to convince my parents not to come out here. They they just canceled their trip from the East Coast to come to California. They, I mean, my parents haven't seen my two-year-old since he was one, you know? They haven't seen, like, that's a, that's tough for a, for a grandparent not to see, like, a whole, like, chunk of a kid's life or to be able to, like... Age. Yeah, like, who the fuck up. is this, Jack? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> my son. <laughs> Why does he have a little mustache? Oh, oh fuck. Oh, fuck. Exactly. Okay, good. I'm sorry. But yeah, I, I mean, scared. even when there's like good reason, and even you know, that's it's very sad for them. It's very sad for us. But like, you, yeah. you got to make some sacrifices and just trust that there's light at the end of the tunnel. If we, you know, trust in the scientific method that's been making everybody's lives better yeah. for for a fucking century now yeah it's funny to see even people who are like man the f- like for all the people who like want to go to thanksgiving like i saw a few takes are like i i'm trying to avoid the thing that is the reason like the 25 times of doing this over my life has is the basis of my therapy like we don't need <laughs> these thanksgivings right. right now like thank god and also right. yeah like i get it when it's such a part of your it's like the seasons for some people, you know, it's like, well, the year I, the only one thing that is consistent might be these holidays and I get it, but fuck man, we got so much time in our lives and it, life is very yeah. precious at the moment. So that there's, you don't want to be like, I was reading a story about this family in Texas that got together for someone's birthday. Fucking everybody got COVID. Everybody yeah. got it at the part, every Absolutely. fucking family member. And like now, like the elderly members of the family are like in bad shape and they're just like uh we ugh, i don't even know yeah. what to say because like, even the even the old folks or you know anyone who gets it and doesn't die but like they can have heart damage brain damage like long term it's it's no fucking joke and yeah it's uh it's hard like we're having to um do adulting uh <laughs> the, the coolest phrase in the world but like we're actually having to like fucking put millennial. you know 
be an actual be actual adults even sometimes when like you're having to convince people who are older than you to do the adult responsible thing like you just got to do it yeah all right let's take a let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about uh the true meaning of christmas And we're back, and the Rockefeller Christmas tree. I think we all can agree. <laughs> Most important symbol. The seasons are changing. Yo, the, it's actually like kind of a wholesome origin story that, like, during the Depression, while the construction workers were like building uh, Thirty Rock, like the construction workers themselves decided to buy a giant ass Christmas tree with their own construction worker money and like put it up as a symbol of hope for the city during the great depression. Like when nobody had any money, they were just like, nah, fuck it. Let's chip in. We'll decorate it with our own like Christmas tree decorations from home. Um, so this has been going on for, for close to a decade or close to a century. And it started like with, uh, the actual people as opposed to like some corporate sponsor that is like the, First national bank lighting ceremony or whatever right. the fuck is. Well, that's like America. You know, it starts that, yeah. off with like a sincere gesture from normal yeah. human beings, and then a corporate is like, "Get out of my way! We're gonna brand it. Fuck you! This is a new thing. Here's a doll. Buy it yeah. for this Christmas for your kids." Um, but anyways, our writer JM, I I had talked shit about the appearance of the uh, this year's Rockefeller Christmas tree. Uh, I got on the, yeah, this is so appropriate for 2020, bro. Look at this piece of shit Christmas tree. Because <laughs> uh, it did look like shit in the pictures people were posting. It looked like it just looked like the Charlie Brown Christmas tree, like a giant version of the Charlie Brown Christmas tree yeah. with like just, you know, a couple branches, a couple pine needles, but that was about it. But apparently that's what it always looks like after it's been transported for two days and it's just like all bundled up and shit and so that. it looks like vacation weed <laughs> on the beach. i'm like are you sure bro what the fuck is this <laughs> but yeah i guess i mean if you look yeah. at the one from 2010 like it, it looks like shit I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we get some arborists on to tell us if our sh- our tree shit talking is on point or are we missing some nuances you're like i don't know Man, check out that branch. Those branch clusters looking pretty good. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess one way to interpret it is that like we just don't usually look at the tree right when it's hauled out, like without any decorations on it That's for true. like a sign of the year <laughs> to be like, ah, see, the whole year is fucked. <laughs> look at that uh, thing. <laughs> look at, that, look at thing. that tree that was all wrapped up in shit on the exactly back of a right flatbed. for twenty twenty. Um. <laughs> I would never look like that if I was bound and laid on a truck for yeah. two days. And are you gonna are you gonna get a tree this year, Jack? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to. Uh probably this weekend. That's usually when we do it. I got my shit up last night. What is that real? Yeah. I bought a fake one for the first time because I was like, I a I like the I love a tree, you know, because I love the scent. That's really the only yeah. reason I get it is just to basically have a big ass potpourri dish in my home yeah. that smells like you know dove, like a, f- a fir tree or whatever that is mm. that pine scent. But then like the when the needles start coming off and I got pets, so that shit just like starts scattering Ooh. everywhere. And then the pets want to drink from the little bowl where the fucking tree water is at, and I'm like, yo, it, it just. I'm like, fuck it. Let me just get the 
the cheap $60 joint that I just have to put in a box every year and bring back. I'm actually liking it. It was, it was nice. It has the nice shape because like, to your point, when you buy them and like you get them at a tree lot and you're not getting the one that's like, they're all sort of already on stands and stuff. They're like, okay, yeah, let me pull a six footer from you. That's already wrapped up. You're like, fuck, is this going to look good? <laughs> right. And then you get and it you home. Actually you're like, can't know. Yeah. yeah and you got to like work the branches and shit to try yeah. and get them like be even. It's, and you it's get much like easier. sap on your hand, and then like papers are sticking to that for like three weeks. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And then it does not then you're up. disbarred because the judge is saying you're making specious <laughs> legal arguments. It's all it's all bullshit. But, uh, I think uh, I think I don't normally like to get. I don't have kids. If I have kids, then I'm doing all this shit right away. But I don't normally like to buy one. But I think I'll buy one this year. Just get the fakey. Uh, I I just want. I like the real one. I even like Damn, to think about okay. death. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when so when it's dying, I want to think about that. Plus, you know, you guys see my Instagram. You know, I got to take a picture of my girl by a tree. She'll love that shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think I'll buy one this year just because we have there's there's like we're gonna have nothing. It's gonna be like yeah, like oh Char- yeah. Charlie Willy Wonka in the check when he gets the loaf of bread. We're gonna have <laughs> right, just the right. fucking tree, the loaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just that loaf. <laughs> of um, but. But I'm ex- I'm excited. I love the holidays. I didn't used to because I came out of the church and there's a strong streak of like, oh, this is such a bullshit holiday. But the older you get, the more anytime you get time off of work, anytime you can see your loved ones or just like take time to think about what's good about life, like I'll fucking take that shit now. Yeah, any yeah. way it comes. I, I love the state secular. sanctioned eating. Yeah. The secular <laughs> side of it that like, you know, we've been celebrating this before Christianity, like just as the the day that the earth is trying to kill you the most yeah. and we all get inside <laughs> and get drunk and eat a lot of food. And it's actually uh humanity's mating season. When you look at like how the uh, birthdays line up, like this is the time when most babies are conceived. So it's, I, I like that. I like that side of it. Just people fucking in a hot cave. Exactly. <laughs> fucking with Our some, ancestors. Some whiskey milk concoction. <laughs> I, to me, that's like the greatest. Sugar. You know, we have all these dating rituals now, but back then it used to be villages and you just just grab the closest person like, yeah. like that's to me. <laughs> like, yeah, we're just animals, baby. I know Snuggle we've created up. all of this, but give me that fucking, uh, you know, you know. Yeah, but with the lights like, off, you know, you don't want to yeah. be a swingers party and the lights. Come <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. still respect a, this. Maybe a small fire flickering in the corner, but don't. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. would say, you know, like, be, to your point, Steve, of like, you know, we're not going to get the same activities that we normally do. Like, I would love to hit a Christmas market or some shit. Shout out to the Vancouver Christmas market. I love that one. But like, there's shit, like shit that you do that's out and about and you're like, oh, let's go look at this. Since I can't do that, I am fully just trying to transform like my living room into like a Hallmark Channel fucking <laughs> like yeah. fever dream because... <laughs> I put a, I got a wreath. I put a wreath on my wall inside the fucking house. <laughs> like I'm, I'm on. I will be. Uh, trust me. On fucking December 25th, I will be Karen Gray. Uh, I am a you know 49 year old white woman from the San Fernando Valley who yeah. does not fuck around with the holidays. Like I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to get new candles and shit. Yeah. I'm 
fully invested on like getting my senses as immersed in that <laughs> just to make up for like the other shit. And yeah, people easy. can't see it, but like you spent the you know you took a few days off and came back with yeah. an amazing blowout. That thank you I, so much. Yeah, yeah, I got the. It looks I mean, great. It's very chunky, full disclosure. But like yeah, yeah, I got the hair transplant because I didn't <laughs> want to wear a wig. I was telling y'all, it just doesn't feel the same. So I want to nice. get the transplant. I got the you know, can I speak with your manager? Kate mm-hmm. Gosselin edge cut, like edge. the edgiest woman in Yuma, Arizona. Uh, and yeah, I'm just feeling good. You know. Yeah. And then there's also the fact that they found like this really cute tiny owl uh, in the Christmas tree uh, that they named that Rockefeller. Uh, this year? Yeah, this year. That's this year. They this year's it. Ken Bone. Yeah, that's right. This <laughs> tiny year's Rockefeller Ken Bone owl. is tiny tiny owl. The Rock Rockefeller, the tiny owl, uh, and was I don't know, you know, transported from wherever the tree grew. They had to put it in like an animal sanctuary. Uh, because it was dehydrated and like oh. malnourished, <laughs> and so they gave it a bunch of water and mice. This thing is a killer. Don't ever forget it. Owls are like the greatest hunters. Have you ever seen those videos where like they show all the different animals like flying and like how much sound they make, and then an owl goes and yeah. it's just complete silence, Silent just killer. stealth as fuck. Anyways, this tiny, cute little owl s- still eats red-blooded uh, animals. What were those like Scandinavian pilot women? Oh, like, the uh, yeah, the um, night witches. Right, because wouldn't they kill the engines and yeah, just start they would gliding? Kill the engine glide over and just drop bombs. Like wow, you know. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to the owls throughout history. If, when you <laughs> yeah. come through silent and you just fuck the whole thing up, <laughs> just like drop bombs with their hands out of airplanes. <laughs> so, yeah, hey, hey, give me another one. Yeah, yeah, prime <laughs> yeah, another one. That right here. Eat that one, motherfucker. Yeah, have me another one. They called yeah, them the night witches because they could hear them laughing, and that was the only thing they heard. You couldn't hear the airplane because they having a good. Time throwing laughing, bombs out the cockpit and then bombs window. Bombs exploding. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, Steve, it has been a pleasure having you as always, man. Where can people uh, find you and follow you? You find me at Big Hern on Twitter, Herney on Instagram. Uh, listen to my horny male podcast, The Male Gaze, my religion ethics podcast with Amy Miller called Who's Your God, and then our movie podcast with Zed Kutzinger and Honor Nezo called Views from the Vista. Just wanted to wish. A happy birthday to my beautiful fiance. It's her birthday today. We're about to leave out of town. So uh, happy birthday, Julia. I love you. I can't wait. I hope we last for at least 15 years. That feels pretty good to me. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so thank you guys for having me on. 555 and give a shout out to your special honey live on the air. <laughs> I just want to tell you, girl, I love you. I love that. It's a quiet storm. Oh, and is there a tweet you've been enjoying, Steve? Uh, yeah, I just retweeted this last night. It just made me laugh a lot, uh, because I am a lefty liberal person. Uh, and this, this, I believe has the correct sentiment. Uh, where is it? Uh, this is from, uh, at mumble comic. He's a com- uh, comedian in New York, uh, Vinay. And it was this, <clears throat> you only get 17 chances with me. Don't blow it. <laughs> no, I love that. <laughs> Yeah, I I've got forgiveness in my bones. You know, I'm ready oh, to too, I'm man. ready to take these Trump voters back in open arms. Just quit being morons. We'll take you back, baby. Yeah, uh, Miles, where can people find you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying? 
Uh, find me Twitter, Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also, the other podcast, Four Twenty Day Fiance. We're talking Ninety Day. Uh, and see, let's see, let's see. What am I? What's a tweet I like? Oh, this one from Dana Donnelly at Dana Donnelly D O N L Y. She tweets. One time I told my doctor I ate candy every day, but it's fine because I've never tried hard drugs. And she was like, hard drugs one time is not as bad as candy every day. <laughs> oh, no. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, so. That's funny. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Uh, tweet I've been enjoying at snooted tweeted taking her to starbucks because i forgot her name just a little life hack for you <laughs> uh and uh alex uh damn tweeted friends giving yeah friends giving each other covid uh, which is damn. uh you can find me on twitter jack underscore brian you can find us on twitter at daily zeitgeist we're at the daily zeitgeist on instagram we have a facebook fan page and a website daily where we post our episodes and our footnotes, Footnote. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. Miles, what are we riding out on today? Uh, I was just thinking about, uh, you know, R&B singer Jeremiah, uh, and he was yeah, hospitalized man. and he was on in the ICU, but he's been moved out of the ICU. And I was like, oh, that's you love to see it. Uh, and I was just, I was just, at the other day, I was thinking about Magic Mike, and there's that song, Fuck You All the Time, that plays. Mm. Um, and that, like, the, like, climax scene when they're in Vegas doing, like, the wild big show. Uh, but that song, there's a remix by Shlomo that I like. So this is the Jeremiah Fuck You All the Time Shlomo remix, okay? Uh, I think you can only get this on SoundCloud, but it's, I mean, look, if you want to close your eyes and envision you're one of Steve Hernandez's sexy lights-off sex parties, uh, <laughs> and, and th- this is the vibe for sure uh, with this track. All right. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. I'm <laughs> sorry.